our life on top of a hill, a high place, so that it will it will it will not just shine, it will be seen by many. Okay? And one of the ways by which we reveal God in and through us is by our obedience. Amen? And the Bible says that the Father is glorified by the good works that we do. Whenever we obey what God is saying, God considers that a good work. And understand this, we are obeying God not because we want His approval. Okay? We are obeying God not because we want Him to love us more. Understand this, God already loves us. Okay? Even before we knew Jesus Christ, even before uh, we received Christ in our lives, okay, God already loved us. He did not love us any less then. And then when we said to Jesus, Lord, I now surrender my life to you, then God begins to love you more. No, God loves us completely, totally, and absolutely. Do you understand what I'm saying? Okay, and uh, now that we are in Christ Jesus, we also understand that approval does not come from the works that we do. We are approved in the beloved. That means because we are in Christ Jesus, God approves of us also. We do good works because we love God. Amen? We do good works not to earn salvation, but because we already have salvation. We do that because we would like to follow the course of God in and through our lives. We are in the season of Epiphany, and I believe <coughs> Uh, when you talk about epiphany, you also cannot help talking about manifesting the power of God. Manifesting who God is in the world. Now before we go on with our talk or the message today, let me just give you uh, what I believe God is communicating to us this day. It is this. God has invited us not just to his kingdom blessings, but also to his kingdom mission. God has invited us not just to his kingdom blessings, but also to his mission. Okay? We've often talked about the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. We've often talked about, and I often think about this, and I'm seeing prophecies being fulfilled before my eyes. Alright? And I know that the Lord is going to come soon. But maybe I've measured it through earthly time. Because before He comes soon, there must be a falling away of the church first. There will be part of the church that will choose not to walk with Jesus. But before part of the church does that, the glory of God must be so revealed in the church. Okay? That when you walk away from that, because some people do, and, and I am declaring and professing that everybody here will not walk away, but walk with God. Okay? That there will be no mistaking it. That there will be no misinterpreting it. The glory of God will be so seen in the church that anybody who walks away cannot make an excuse to the Lord and say, Lord, I really didn't recognize you. I didn't think that you're going to do this. Isaiah, in one of his prophecies, said, Arise, shine, for your light has come. Behold, darkness 
surrounds the people, deep darkness the people. But on you, God's light will shine. Understand this, the deep darkness is not stronger than the light of God. Okay? And we need to be able to manifest this in the world. I believe that we are in an epiphany season. And, you know, we might end the season of epiphany and go to Lent. But the principle in epiphany will continue. Okay? I believe we, are not, we have now entered into a kingdom season where God is going to manifest himself in the world that the world will have no objection or no rationalization, no explanation in the way uh, uh, they would begin to see this. Okay? We've seen healings of God and we've seen people raised from the dead. But I believe God's going to really come up with radical demonstrations of his power and of his character. This is a time that heaven is invading the earth. Many people will see what heaven looks like because there will be people who will be breathing in the atmosphere of heaven while they're on the earth. Remember, Jesus Christ taught us to pray, Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name, thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. That prayer cannot be denied. Okay? Jesus would not teach us a prayer that the Father would ignore. And when we pray that with fervent hearts, it cannot be that it cannot be answered. Oh, the Father loves to answer that, but he's just waiting on many of the people. And there is a, a sorting, a filtering that is going on in the body of Christ right now. Because there are people from many denominations, from our denomination, the CEC, from the Roman Catholic denomination, uh, from the Methodists, from the Evangelicals, the Baptists, okay? They're beginning to hunger for more of God. And somehow we will get together. I don't know how, but we will get together and we will begin to follow the move of the Spirit. We will be baptized in God's holy fire. We will, we will allow ourselves to be moved by the wind of the Spirit. We will flow with the wave of, of God's revival wherever we are. Do you understand what I'm saying? Uh, and, and there are glimpses of this. There's a guy, um, what's his name? Connor, Bobby Connor. And he was preaching. He's a rather large guy, okay? And he was preaching from a high platform. And sometimes you can get so carried about with your preaching, you forget where you're stepping. Okay? So he got so carried about by the Spirit of God that he suddenly stepped off the platform. And he didn't fall. He just stepped on air. When he saw that he was on air, he retreated back to the platform. You understand what I'm saying? You find that amazing? You know, it's happened before in history. How many of you have ever heard of the name of uh, St. Catherine of Siena? 
is she's, she's one of the saints that is uh, uh, venerated by the Roman Catholics. Don't you know that when, as a girl in our house, she had a way of floating up the stairs? She was, her feet were not touching the stairs. She was running on air. You understand what I'm saying? Have you ever heard of the name St. Francis of Assisi? Yes. Sometimes people would look for St. Francis and he, you know, he would go inside his room and then he would lock the door. There's only one window. And sometimes people would look for him, they'd open the door and they can't find St. Francis. And so some of them would look out the window and they would see him floating above the trees in prayer. He was so enraptured in the presence of God. He was floating above the trees. Do you understand? What I, I mean, these are so amazing for us, right? I mean, and, and some people think that it's kind of hard to believe that God will rapture the church one day. Well, Enoch walked with God and he was not. Elijah was one day walking on the earth and chariot of fire picked him up from the earth. I don't know why these things would be so amazing. Do you understand what I'm saying? I mean, Jesus Christ walked through a crowd. I mean, here's the crowd, and you're walking, and he's trying, they're trying to walk him over the cliff and push him down the cliff. And you know, in an angry crowd, it's kind of hard to say, excuse me, excuse me, excuse me. No. They were crowding him. The Bible says he walked in the midst of them. Kind of disappeared and walked in the midst of them. What did he do? Okay. He stepped into the realm of the spirit and they couldn't see him and he was just walking through them. I mean, many of us read that and we just don't, okay, let's just get past that because that doesn't really compute in our minds. What about they were in the midst of the storm, they, and Jesus Christ, you know, uh, was walking on the water. And the Bible says when Jesus Christ got on the boat, suddenly they were on land. I mean, this is the shore, here's the boat. Jesus Christ steps on the boat, suddenly they appear. You, you understand what I'm saying? The youth, the youth probably will understand this more because they have a word for this teleportation. But I'm not really sure if that's exactly what it is. But Jesus Christ also said to us, if you believe in me, the work that I do, you shall do also. And even greater work than these will I do. Will you do because you believe in me? Anything and everything that happened to Jesus according to him, must happen to people who choose to believe in him. And the word believe here means to tie yourself to him. Okay? To tie yourself to him that wherever he goes, you have to follow. You're, it, it's not just I believe that he exists. But I so believe in you, Lord, and I so believe in what you've done that I will live my life following after what you believe, O Lord our God. And so this thing will happen. Right? I mean, 
We know that someone touched the hem of Jesus' garment, right? Got healed. When was the last time someone got healed when they touched your clothes? Oh, that's such a nice scarf. Oh, nice shirt. Can you imagine when the God begins to manifest the glory? Oh, that's a such a nice... I'm healed. <laughs> Do you understand what I'm saying? Okay. These things are going to happen. I mean, I, I, I'm recalling the time of Moses. And during the time of Moses, he was facing Pharaoh's magicians. I mean, these guys were not tricksters. They were not using sleight of hand. Okay? They were using demon power. And there was a time that when Moses did certain things, they would imitate that. Moses would throw his staff on the ground. They would also throw their staffs on the ground. Moses' staff would turn into a snake. Their staffs would turn into a snake. Except that Moses' snake would eat their snakes. Okay? Moses would turn this part of the water into blood. The magicians would turn the other part of the water into blood. So somehow they were following right along. Okay? See, God never said that the demons do not have this kind of ability. He just said not to follow them. All right? Hello? But then there came a time when God suddenly increased or went to another level. He, he took some dust. He threw it in the air. And the dust became mites. And Pharaoh looked at his magicians, imitate what he just did. They tried, but they couldn't do it. And this was what the magicians were forced to do. Forced to say, we can't do it. This one has really been done by the hand of God. If we thought this guy was just a superior magician, right now we are forced to admit that what he's doing is beyond any magician's beyond any sorcerer's ability. What he's doing, he's not doing by sorcery. What he's doing, he's not doing by magic. What he's doing, he's not doing by the gods we are serving. This is the finger of God. I mean, they were forced to admit this. Okay? Today, the world seems to be laughing at the Christians. Today, the world is underestimating the Christians. Today, I mean, you know, when, when the, the trouble with ISIS started and refugees started leaving the Middle East, many of the refugees were being accepted in certain uh, countries, European countries and America. But when you begin to look who are being admitted, it was the Muslim refugees. Christian refugees were not being admitted. Do you understand what I'm saying? Okay? I mean, we started praying here. Lord, give help to this Christian brethren of ours. And a nation called Hungary opened its doors to them. Do you understand what I'm saying? Okay? But this is the time of the greater demonstrations. This is the time when heaven is going to manifest itself on the earth. That just like the magicians of Egypt, they will be forced to admit, this is the hand of God. There is a God. Because it's being seen through the lives of the Christians. 
Many of us were amazed when talked about calling the dead who has been cremated. What about stopping an earthquake? Suddenly there's an earthquake that starts and many of the Christians begin to say, in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, earthquake, peace, and it stops. Immediately. You think that's amazing? I'll tell you something more amazing. Because when the earthquake begins to quake, sometimes things get destroyed, trees begin to fall down. And there are the believers who will say, in the name of Jesus, be returned to what you were before. And things begin to return to what it was before. Sounds like science fiction, right? We are in the age where we will see this happen. I mean, we're seeing glimpses of this. Uh, I read the story of, I forget his name, you know. I try to collect their testimonies, but he says that uh, uh, when he starts worshiping the Lord, our, the Lord God, he walks beside uh, the sidewalk and there are trees there. And there are, you know, when, when he walks, there, there are leaves that are falling to the ground. And when he walks beside them, the leaves begin to go back to the tree. And they, and I know this sounds so, wow, what? But it's something that God is beginning to show in the church. We are in an age of epiphany. Epiphany says God is going to show the church. God is going to show that what we're talking about is not a myth. God is going to, talk, going to de de demonstrate through the power of the Holy Spirit, heaven through us. Okay, and the reason I'm saying this is so that we can follow after God because one of the things that we see in Moses' life, he talked to God face to face. Elijah spoke with God face to face. Many of these guys were so enraptured with God that somehow the restrictions of the earth didn't mean anything to them. You understand what I'm saying? Because some things I've told you have happened before, but in very small, uh, small quantities. And I say small because I, I, I haven't seen them all. I try to research, I try to look at the stories, but I haven't seen them all. So for me, they're kind of small. Maybe there's more that I've, I haven't seen, but I know many of these things have happened in the past and God is going to increase that. We are in a year of acceleration. We are in a year where God is going to show heaven to the people of the earth. You understand what I'm saying? Okay, let's, let's finally go to the gospel. <laughs> I don't want to forget the gospel because the message is clear here. Two things I'd like to share with you from the gospel. The first one, I'm basing this on verse 12 to verse 17. It's this, turn and receive the freedom Christ brings. Turn and receive the freedom Christ brings, verse 12 to 17. The second one is from verse 18 to 23. We are invited to partner with him in his kingdom mission. We are invited to partner with him in his kingdom mission. Let me just read uh, Matthew chapter four, beginning with verse 12, because we're going back to the first thought. Turn and receive the freedom that Christ brings, okay? All right, verse 12. Now when Jesus heard that John had been put in prison, he departed to Galilee. And leaving Nazareth, he came and dwelt in Capernaum, which is by the sea, in the regions of Zebulun and Naphtali, that it might be fulfilled, which was spoken by Isaiah the prophet, saying, The land of Zebulun and the land of Naphtali, 
by the way of the sea beyond the Jordan, Galilee of the Gentiles. The people who sat in darkness have seen a great light, and upon those who sat in the region and shadow of death, light has dawned. Okay? I think, no, it says here that Jesus heard that John, John was his cousin. Right? John was born first before him. And uh, if there was anyone who, read, who kind of understood who Jesus was, it was John. He didn't, he didn't understand completely. But John understood enough that when Jesus Christ came to the River Jordan to be baptized, he pointed to him and he told his disciples, Behold the Lamb of God, behold him who takes away the sins of the world. This is the Lamb of God, the Lamb who will be sacrificed for our sins. Whether he understood the implications of what he said, I don't know. But he says, this is the Lamb of God. Okay, a Lamb then for the Jews meant an animal that was sacrificed for their sins. It's like we sinned and we have to die. And so this animal takes our place, a Lamb. And this animal died, instead of us dying, this animal suffers for our trespasses and transgressions. It dies for us. The problem with an ordinary lamb, the salvation, the forgiveness it gives is only good for one year. Okay? It has an expiration date. And then, you know, after one year, you have to do it again. And again, and again, and again. And what it, do, what it says to us, that sin is just covered. It is not done away with. Do you understand what I'm saying? It's like dirt you put under the rug. The rug looks good, but there's dirt underneath. Okay? It's just covered. But then, when John the Baptist says, this is the Lamb, the Lamb of God, he was saying to us, this is the Lamb who would die and, and not only cover our sins, but erase it permanently from us. You understand what I'm saying? I mean, wash our sins away, and the Lamb of God does not have to die year by year to renew that sacrifice. One death would be enough to forgive the sins of the past, the sins of the people in the present, and the sins of the people who will be born in the future. You understand what I'm saying? I mean, if there's someone who understood Jesus, it was John. And when people came to John the Baptist and said, remember that guy that you baptized? Uh, he's also baptizing there. Should we stop him? I mean, John, this is your, this is your gimmick. <laughs> this is your role as trying to steal your thunder. And John said, no, 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 no. Nobody can do what God wants them to do unless it has been given to them from heaven. And this is what John said. He must increase. I must decrease. He was giving way to Jesus. Do you understand what I'm saying? And when Jesus came to him to be baptized, what did he say? You want me to baptize you? Lord, uh, I should be baptized by you. He might not have recognized completely the way we recognize the Lord because of the Holy Scriptures, but he recognized something in Jesus, something that his disciples, that the apostles of Jesus could not yet see. And, you know, 
And probably Jesus grew up with John and they played together. So there was this real affection before John the Baptist. But then it says here in verse 12, he heard that they put John the Baptist in prison. Jesus did not allow this to stop him from doing what God wanted him to do. Jesus could have said, okay, you know what? I'm kind of depressed. They got my cousin. I'm not in the mood to preach. I'm not in the mood to preach about grace. I'm not in the mood to preach about the kingdom of God. Here I am doing what the God wants. And then he allows my cousin, the only one who really supported me in ministry, he allows my cousin. I'm a little bit upset with God. So I'm not going to preach today. I'm not going to heal anyone today. I'm not going to do anything today. You understand what I'm saying? Jesus never did that. He never allowed this setback to stop him from doing what God wanted him to do. Okay? And this is a manifestation, Jesus Christ's obedience to the Father, that light is greater than darkness. Darkness was trying to say, look guys, you can't succeed. This was your champion before. This was your voice in the wilderness. Hey guys, I put him in prison. You still want to do what you're doing? And Jesus Christ says, yes. I'm not going to allow that to stop me. I'm not going to allow failure to stop me. I'm not going to allow something painful to stop me. I'm going to do what God wants me to do. You understand what I'm saying? Okay? It's like people say, well, this thing happened to me. I'm not going to go to church anymore. I gave this and then all of a sudden we have all this financial problem. I'm not going to give to God anymore. You understand what I'm saying? See, the enemy tries to convince you that all your efforts in obeying God and serving God are vain. And if you agree, okay, with the enemy, then he has succeeded in sidelining you. Do you understand what I'm saying? If you've ever come to the point and you said, I used to give my all to God, but what did I get in return? Pain, betrayal, rejection, disappointment, frustration, deaths. It's not worth it. From now on, I'm going to be first. I'm still going to serve God, but I'll do it on my own time. I'll do it according to my own convenience. I'll do it according to my own comfort. If you've ever come to the point that you said that, then you've agreed with the enemy that the Father is not looking out for you. That God the Father does not really care for you, or if he does care for you, He's not able to sustain you. He does not have enough ability. Do you understand what I'm saying? Hello. See, it's like you've agreed that darkness is equal to the light. Or maybe darkness is a little bit greater than the light. Because what you have just said with your decision is that it doesn't pay to trust God completely. I have to do certain things on my own. Because if I trust God completely, God is not able to sustain me. That is a lie straight from the pit of hell. Do you understand what I'm saying? And Jesus Christ did not allow this setback to stop him from serving God. But he continued to serve the Lord our God. 
And he went to this place. It says that he did this that it might be fulfilled, the land of Zebulun. I mean, this was what we read in the uh, in the first first reading. This was a fulfillment of that. One of the things that, Jesus, that we will find in the life of Jesus, Jesus Christ fulfilled the prophecy of the Father. Okay? Which is good because it tells us that this book that we are reading from is not just like Reader's Digest. It's not just like Encyclopedia Britannica. It's not just like any kind of reference book. Okay, where sometimes some of the information you find there are already obsolete because of new discoveries. We find that this book is divinely inspired by God, that when you put your trust and faith in the principles of the Word of God, God will sustain you. Okay? And so it says here, he tells them from verse 17, uh, let me read from verse 16, the people who sat in darkness have seen a great light, and upon those who sat in the region and the shadow of death, light has gone. In other words, people who sat in darkness sat in a place where there were no options. People who sat in darkness were in a place where there is no hope. Okay? There is no chance, opportunity of being able to advance. Okay? I mean, they were in such a position that they had nothing to hope for, nothing to look for. But then Jesus Christ says that, uh, according to the gospel, it says, light has dawned on them. What does that mean? With God, hope always comes. Okay? No matter how deep the darkness you are in, it's never ever going to be stronger than the light of God. And Jesus Christ brings us that light, brings us that freedom. And it says here, they saw this light, a light has dawned on them. And Jesus Christ says, verse 17, from that time, Jesus began to preach and say, repent for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. The word repent sometimes we think about uh, you know, emotionally, we are crying over our mistakes, our sins, our trespasses. That, that's part of that. But basically, the word repent means to turn away from here and to turn to the light that God is giving to us. Christ offers us freedom. Christ offers us forgiveness. Christ offers us another way of living. You understand what I'm saying? There's this gal, her name is Kat Kerr, and according to her, she's been going to heaven every day for the last 20 years, every day, without dying, okay? She said that she was happy with her job, she was an accountant for this one particular firm, and she was happy with her job when one day, you know, and even though she was successful, she said, suddenly things began to become empty for me. Okay? I was making the kind of money I wanted to. I was involved in a job that I really, really liked. I was also an entrepreneur, and my business was okay, doing well. I, you know, I found the man of my dreams, got married, were happily married. And yet, despite having all of these things, there's just there's something missing. 
And I found out that the one that is missing is God. And she, she said that, you know, I have a full day. Because, you know, after working in the office, doing my business, I have to come home, take care of my family, take care of my kids. And I'd be very tired, she'd rest a little bit, but then she'd wake up around midnight. Because that's what she would do to follow her quiet time with God. She said, I just want to spend time with God. So at midnight, it's the only time that the house is quiet, everyone is asleep. And I'd go to God and, 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 and just spend time with Him. And I found out that he was the one who was filling up the holes in my life. And then one day she said, Jesus Christ just walked through the room and says, My father and I are going to train you what heaven is like. And for this training, I have to bring you there. We will show you what heaven is like. We want you to write books about it. We want you to speak about it. We want you to tell the people about it. Do you understand what I'm saying? Okay, and she says, heaven just blows my mind. I mean, she says, it just blows my mind. Everything that you delight in, God will give it to you. I, I, I've seen a couple, the, the husband says to the wife on the earth, you know, I, I've been in my travels. Uh, in my business travels, I've, I've seen this place and one day I'll bring you there. Okay, but let me just finish some of the stuff and I'll bring you there. But somehow the husband dies. And he was not able to fulfill his promise to his wife. Okay? So the wife lives out her life on the earth. And then she dies. And when she's reunited with the husband. See, you, you can choose to remain with them, okay? The husband says, remember that place I wanted to bring you to? The Lord created this much better than that there, and I'll bring you there. And you know what? The wife would say in heaven, oh, you didn't forget. And they'd start crying. Jesus, and he, she, she said, Every time something like that happens, Jesus stands by that. He watches because Jesus Christ also. Do you understand what I'm saying? So he restores our hopes. Then one day, you know, she, she was talking and this guy says, uh, you, you, you told us that when people sing in church and give their voice to God, they, they, they sing in heaven and, and with a choir of angels. Uh, they sing and lead worship in heaven. If someone plays the instrument here, they have a place there. If, if, if someone likes to read and research, they're placed in the library in heaven. And this guy says to her, me, I didn't have any kind of education. My job is to collect garbage. That's the only thing I know to do. That's the only thing I can do. And, and it's a nasty business, but it's the one thing I can do very well, collect garbage. I cannot write, I cannot speak, I cannot play any kind of instrument, I cannot sing. The only thing I know to do is collect garbage. Okay? And that's my job, and somehow with that job, with the pay I received there, was able to sustain my family. What kind of future would I have in heaven? 
So she asked the father, and the father shows her. And she says to this guy, the father says to me, that when you're in heaven, you will be going into the middle of the crystal sea, and you will be taking the gems there and bringing it to the gem depot to bless everyone. There's always something there for us. She says, heaven is a place of limitless possibilities. She says, do not miss it. And she says, I've seen people die on earth from heaven's viewpoint. Have you seen funerals? Hmm? Are they happy events? Yay, she died. They're not happy events, right? They're not. It's sad. But I was surprised seeing it from heaven's viewpoint. Because this side of heaven, this earth, let's say that side of heaven, this side of heaven, we see people crying and they're sad. And she said, I understand. But if that person who died is a Christian, I was in heaven. And there was a crowd of witnesses there and they were cheering because she's coming home. I said, wow. It really blew my mind. This is a happy bunch, this side of heaven, and then this side of heaven, people are crying. Do you understand what I'm saying? Okay? We need to understand this, church, that the Lord is offering us something better. Okay? And he's saying, stop living the life that the world is giving you and offering to you. Start living the life that I have died to give you. That's what repent means. Turn away from that and turn to that. Why? Because he says, repent for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. It's no longer out of reach. It's at hand. I brought it with me. I went to the cross and I died for you and rose again for you so that I can bring it to you. It's yours. I can only give it to you but you have to choose to receive it. That's why he says repent. That's the first message of Jesus. Repent for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. Now let me just uh, wrap this up quickly because I'm running out of time. You're learning something from this. The second thought I'd like to share with you, verse 18 to 23, is we are invited to partner with him in his kingdom mission. Okay? Verse 18, and Jesus walking by the Sea of Galilee saw two brothers, Simon, called Peter and Andrew, the brother, Casting a net into the sea, for they were fishermen. Then he said to them, Follow me, and I will make you fishers of men. Then they immediately left their nets and followed him. Going on from there, he saw two other brothers, James, the son of Zebedee, and John, his brother, in the boat with Zebedee, their father, mending their nets. And he called them, and immediately they left the nets, the boat, and their father, and followed him. And Jesus went about all Galilee, teaching in their synagogues, preaching the gospel of the kingdom and healing all kinds of sickness and all kinds of disease among the people. See, what he's saying is this. Not only does he bring the benefits of salvation, not, just, not only does he bring the light that is greater than the darkness for us, but he's now inviting us. How you know, you, You've tasted the light. You've tasted my healing. You've tasted my provisions for you. You've tasted my blessings for you. How would you like to partner with me so that you can also bring this to others? Okay? How many of you know about 
some of the uh, the concept of downline okay multi-level marketing how many of you know the product alive you know about that maybe somebody sells you alive right and you buy one wow it's really good for me there's a change when I took this and then this agent tells you well you've been buying the product what if you're able to bring this to your friends sell it to them so that the benefit that you receive they will receive also today you are a customer tomorrow you are a distributor you understand what i'm saying and that's what god is offering to us you've tasted my healing you've tasted my provisions you've tasted how that i'm there for you how would you like to become a distributor of the light of heaven how would you like to partner with me you know and tell your friends tell people that you meet about me tell them how i would heal their sicknesses tell them how i would mend their families tell them how how, how bless them and bring them out of debt now you know if you do this for me there's something you have to sacrifice because kingdom work is serious work it's joyful but it's also serious you understand what i'm saying okay see the invitation is there it's easy for us to receive the invitation how would you like to be blessed yes you understand what i'm saying right because we're getting blessed now god is saying how would you like to become a partner with me a distributor of God's blessings but for you to be able to do that you've got to sacrifice certain things uh, Lord I'll pray about it <laughs> you understand what I'm saying understand that's a great opportunity that God is offering you and for those of you who have chosen to answer to God there's a great place in heaven for you. I mean, the memorials you're sending to heaven is greater than the cities of the earth. You understand what I'm saying? People will not only benefit here, but there are already citizens there who will benefit from what you're doing. Because you chose to give your life to God and you say, Lord, you bless me. Now I would like to partner with you work together with you to bring the blessings of God to others also. I'm not just thinking myself, I'm thinking of what others and, and are, are going through because they're important to you, I will make them important to me. Because you love them, I will love them. Because they are your priority, I will make them my priority. Do you understand what I'm saying? That invitation is there. The first one, I think almost all of us accept the blessing of God. The second one, well, Jesus Christ is saying this. Many are called, but few are chosen. Why? Because only if you say yes. If you're, if you're going to say yes to God, God, I'm willing to give up my dreams just so that I can fulfill your dreams. Believe me, God will reward you not just here, but there, that 
in, and you know, right now, if whatever you have to give up to God, it feels such a sacrifice. But when God begins to reward you because of that decision, you'll be kind of ashamed before God because you thought this was a sacrifice of your father. Because God will return so much to you that what in the beginning felt like a sacrifice to you will begin to feel very small to you. But when you see God one day, I mean, here, well, I gave this up to God. It's such a sacrifice on my part. On that day, when you see what God does for you, you'll cry before God, oh God, I wish I'd given more. I wish I'd given more. You understand what I'm saying? This is epiphany time. It's a time to manifest God. It's time to manifest the power of God. But for us to do that, we need to be with Him closely. Amen? I'm sure you learned something today. Praise God, let's all stand together and proclaim the creed in Nicaea.